And I mean, I had this mindset when I got there that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take everything they teach me and that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I, I basically, I put the re, hit the reset button. I knew that this was my last hope. I really knew that. And I, I mean, I just did. I, it was like I started over, like I was, I was a 30 some year old baby again. <laughs> and well, after my first month, you know, they called me into the office up there and I was doing great, you know. I mean, I had a, I had some things, you know, like I, I, I kind of argued. I thought I knew a little bit here and there, you know, like the, when they were teaching and stuff. But, you know, for the most part, I was doing a really good student. And um, they said, hey, you know, uh, you got to start paying every month. And I'm like, okay, well, so. And I thought, man, who, who do I who's gonna who's gonna help me out and it's like you know I didn't have any real friends uh, you know the only people that I associated with were but you know only associating with me to buy drugs for me from sure. um, and I just thought you know I, I you know and, and you know Don Trotter came to mind uh-huh. and and I just thought you know what and, and a scripture came to my mind too it was um, a proverbs 28 one it says uh, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, only a bold, only a bold, someone bold as a lion would ask for help from, you know, the same person, you know, the same one that, you know, I've been wronging, you know, sure. basically. This is the story of Cal Tolbert. He is an amazing person who completely turned his life around in prison and I just think that he has turned into one of the finest men that I know. And I want you to hear his tale now. This is the Dale Wiley Show, and you can find me at dalewileyshow.com. And I want to tell you more of these kind of tales. You know, I think I made myself out to be a victim. Uh-huh. I had that victim mentality, I sure. think. And and yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been wronged, you know, I'd been hurt. But you know what, I needed, really I needed to suck it up and... Uh-huh. And just take responsibility, <laughs> but it took a long time. Like, I, I mean, I, I think about how long it really took, and but you know, I had to go through some things. I had to feel some things, and I, I mean, I just, it, I think I was you around were on 20. your way to prison. Is the way yes, you yeah, yeah. I, I was. I had a one-way ticket. It was. It was happening. Uh-huh. You know, there probably wasn't anything that was going to stop that. From happening. Did you ever go? Oh yeah, I, I went. Okay. I actually went. Um, <clears throat> I went to prison. Uh, I got a five-year sentence for it. Was like a simple possession charge that I'd been on probation for. Mm-hmm. But I had some pretty hefty pending charges, and uh, I remember you represented me on them and represented me for the probation violation. And I mean, <laughs> I, and, I, and I remember you did everything. Like, we tried <laughs> everything. I mean, known to man, and even. <laughs> Threw things in there that like, it, but it, it, it and, I, and it was just like I kept wanting you to do more, and there was nothing more to do. You know? <laughs> I remember, I, I remember. I think I was back on a writ, and you were like, "What else do you want me to do?" And then you turned around in the courtroom and asked me that, and it, it wasn't that you weren't doing it. It was just that you know it wasn't going my way. And, and you I weren't hearing what was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There was just. Uh, there was just nothing but time for me to do that time. And, and so <clears throat> tell me about that experience. I mean, I think I did two and a half years okay. bef- before I got out. 
And I mean, it, when you do that much time in uh, incarcerated, you really, I, I mean, after about a year, it really feels like that's all you're ever going to know. Okay. I mean, it really felt like I was never going to get out, even though I had a date that was a year away, it still never felt. It was like, this is all I'm ever going to know. Okay. And so it was, it was, it was difficult because um, I couldn't see myself ever having a family. I couldn't see myself having a real job. You know, I tried to envision those things, but when you wake up in this place every day and you hear count time, standing name and number count, sure. have your ID in your window. It's just, that's all you know. You know, Tolbert 341397. That was my number. I still know it. You know, I had to say it, you know, so many times a day. And yeah, it, it, you really get in that mentality, that mindset of this is all there is. And you definitely get that mentality that <clears throat> nothing is your fault. Oh, yeah, I had that mentality. I, I, I was a victim. Everyone's picking on me, you know, if this, if that, if there, there was. There was every excuse you could possibly think of or imagine that the reason that things should have or could have but didn't go my way. Uh -huh. And, you know, I mean, I had them all. And, you know, it, it, I, I think I had to run through every excuse two or three times before I realized, hey, you know what, maybe there's, <laughs> maybe there, there's some things that I'm doing. I, I remember I, I did really great for about a year and a half, and then it just, my, my mom died. Okay. Mom died, and I and I used that for an excuse, sure. basically, to just throw it all away. And I, and that's what I did basically. I mean, I would go see my probation officer, and she would just look at me and be like, "You need to get out of here before someone smells you." I mean, I would just smell oh, like really? I, I would be yeah, I would be like reek of alcohol. I'd, I'd be on drugs, and uh -huh. you know, she would ask me sometimes if I could pass a UA, and and I'd say no. I'd say no. But she'd help you out and not turn me in. Yeah, she. I mean, she did for. For so long, she would just tell me, you know, you gotta, you gotta change. I think finally, and so the, you went the, back in. Then. I went back in and finished that sentence, which was the rest of the five. It was about a year. And, and tell me about that. Tell me about the prison life. What was that? Like? Man, I mean, it was just the same thing every day. Same food. The food that you know, you'd have a, almost a weekly menu. It was about the same. But the, I mean, if you really think about it. You know, like people that don't have a home, don't have health care, they don't, sure, you know, yeah. people on the street, you know, they would love to be there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can honestly see someone getting out of prison after being there for a long period of time, struggling, being like, man, prison's better than this. Sure. And just going back. Uh -huh. You know, if you don't have relationships and you don't have, you know, anything that's linking you to the outside world because I mean they take care of you uh -huh. and you got free health care you've got a gym to go work out in you, you go play pretty much go play all day uh -huh. but you know you just can't do what you want you know you can't right. leave when you want you can't have a girlfriend you know I mean I guess some of them some guys do and the, you know they, they, they find <laughs> guards or nurses to, yeah. to have relationships with and it sure. becomes a big scandal but mm -hmm. I mean it, you know prison systems are not that hard and especially I mean I had a hard I'd have a hard time like once or twice like wherever I went you know because I, I, I would mind my own business I'd hit the weights I'd do whatever but I was always I always had that um, some people always wanted to test me sure 
And so, like, I would get in a fight about every camp I went to, and that would be I'd get in one. Uh-huh. And, and I remember even getting in, like, with big gang members, you know, that they're all supposed to beat you up and stuff. And uh-huh. I'd beat up one of them, and they'd all leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't like... You know, in the movies where, you know, it wasn't quite like that. Not in Missouri. It might be in, like, different states. Sure. No, it wasn't that that hardcore. The funny thing is, the next thing I heard about you was from the prosecutor, Don Trotter. Yes. And he was talking about you. I don't even remember the context, but he was just talking about what a great job you were doing and was raving about you. And I thought... Is this the same Kyle Tolbert? I mean, Where I'm he sure that was my first kind thought. of came into into my life with, uh, on a positive note because he he sent me to prison. He prosecuted me uh-huh. on the charges in Lawrence County, uh-huh. assault on law enforcement, and uh, it was a, a domestic assault. And um, well, what else was it? I I can't quite. Remember, but That's fine. but it, but uh, you know he prosecuted me and he sent me to prison. Uh-huh. Well, I was at the Dream Center in Aurora, and I remember before I even went there, like I because I had been out of out of prison and I, and I just I just kept getting in trouble for drugs. I just kept just kept doing. That was all I knew. What kind of drugs? Meth. Okay. I didn't know anything else. You know, I didn't I didn't know how to make it. You know, I didn't know how to get a regular job. You know, I, I didn't know how to, I just didn't know how to do those things anymore. I mean, I really, I mean, I, if I could have, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I just, I really needed to learn how to live again. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's what it came down to. And every time I'd go to jail, you know, I'd hear about this place that Christian people would, you know, they'd teach you God's word and they'd, uh-huh. and I was just like, I need that. That's what I need. And really? I, knew, I knew that was you what I needed. I knew that. Was, and, and I knew it for like a year. It was like a year or so that I knew that was what I needed. And and while the whole time I'm in the jail, you know, usually when I get in there, I'm like, I turn into the alpha and I'm, I'm sure. just, I'm running everything. Well, mm-hmm. instead when new, when guys would leave, they would give me all their hygiene stuff. And, uh-huh. and then I, when the new guys came in, I'd make sure they had everything. You know, oh, I was, wow. I was trying to do the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like, it's like God seen it and God knew it. And, I mean, it, it's so crazy because, like, there was a bondsman who I never got along with. Uh-huh. Um, growing up, we were both kind of alpha, alpha males. It was J.D. Hunter. Uh-huh. And, and, and he, he told me after we became good friends after this, he sure. said he had shotgun shells at his house with my name on them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we, we were growing up, we were, like, kind of just some of the the alpha guys you know that sure. and and you know people with this people try to get us to fight all the time you know and stuff sure. and you know he was kind of on the the good side of the law like doing what he was supposed to do and i of course sure. wasn't even <laughs> but he but one night he just came he was down at their jail bonding somebody out and uh had them bring me up front and ask me if i wanted out of jail and I was like, well, yeah, but I don't have any money. And he says, well, you could just give me like a little bit each month. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, if you bond me out of jail, I've got somewhere I'm going to go. I'm going to go to this place in Aurora that it's a year long. I won't have any money for at least a year. Uh-huh. And, he, and he says, well, if I had a co-signer, I'd get you out. And there was some girl sitting on the bench that I used to sell drugs to her husband. And we, I, she said, I'll sign for him. <laughs> and... He he bonded me out. 
Wow. Yeah, and like the very next day, I went to that. I went up to the Dream Center, and okay. my sister took me there. It was a, a a Sunday for church, and they 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 cost it cost four hundred for your first month, and then three hundred dollars each month after that. Uh-huh. Well, she paid for my first month, uh-huh. and I stayed there. And I mean, I had this mindset when I got there that I'm gonna you know. I'm going to take everything they teach me and that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I, I basically, I put the re, hit the reset button. I knew that this was my last hope. I really knew that. And I'm, I mean, I just did. I, it was like I started over. Like I was, I was a 30-some-year-old baby again. <laughs> and, well, after my first month, you know, they called me into the office up there. And I was doing great, you know. I mean, I had a, I had some things, you know, like I I, I kind of argued. I thought I knew a little bit here and there, you know, like the, when they were teaching and stuff. But, you know, for the most part, I was doing a really good student. And um, they said, hey, you know, uh, you got to start paying every month. And I'm like, okay, well, so, and I thought, man, who who do I, who who's gonna who's gonna help me out? And it's like, you know, I didn't have any real friends. Uh, you know, the only people that I associated with were, you know, only associating with me to buy drugs for me. From sure. Um, and I just thought, you know, I, I you know, and, and, you know, Don Trotter came to mind. Uh-huh. And, and I just thought, you know what? And, and a scripture came to my mind, too. It was um, a Proverbs 28.1. It says, uh, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, only a bold... Only a bold, someone bold as a lion would ask for help from, you know, the same person, you know, the same one that, you know, I've been wronging, you know, sure. basically. You know, this guy's responsible for, you know, keeping order and peace. Sure. And he's the only one I think would help me. And, I, and you know, it's like God spoke to me and told me to ask him for help. And I, I called him up. I called his office. And I'm surprised I even got through, you know, like they even let me talk to him. Sure. And I talked to him and I just told him, I said, hey, you know, I'm here and I'm trying to, I, I, I got to change my life. Uh-huh. And, you know, it costs money for me to be here. And, you know, I don't, nobody's going to help me out with any money. And if anything, any money that you had that you could help would, it, it would really help me. Uh-huh. And I'd appreciate it. He's like, I tell you what, I said, I'll be, I'll be down there in a couple hours. Wow. Well, he came down the, and, and, and he's like, he, he gave him a couple hundred dollars. And then he said, you know what? I tell you what, you just do what you're supposed to do and I'll take care of the rest. Cal was saved by the man who sent him to prison. Check out DaleWileyShow.com for more stories like this one.